I think I'll sing a special before Kristen comes up. <clears throat> what key do I need to be in? <laughs> Maybe she don't need to come up. <laughs> Be in the key of none. Uh, she's going to teach us tonight how to be a millionaire by next Thursday. <laughs> You'll buy that thing. <laughs> it requires sewing $5,000 tonight. Yes, come on up and teach that. <laughs> uh, anyway, so we're going to ask her to come, and she's got some good things for us. Stir us in the area of biblical principles about finances. How many of God's interested in your finances? Two of us does. So, uh, well, let me ask you this: How many? How many of you are interested in finances? Your finances, uh, not just to be able to have more, but be able to do more and give more and bless more and blessed to be a blessing. Amen. So, come on, Kristen, we'll turn it over. I need to go back from Sunday and listen to my. Uh tape of love. So I retract my comment of no key. <laughs> All right. Well, um, yeah, tonight we're um, kind of just going to continue from, I think it was three Sundays ago, during the offering message at um, here at church from, um, yeah, it was about three Sundays ago. And we were talking about God being our source and that we were stewards, having a steward mentality. So we're just going to kind of get deeper into that tonight. Um <clears throat> You may hear things that you never heard regarding God's system of prosperity. Some people may have. For the most part, I would say it's nothing that we haven't ever heard. But how many of you know that truth never gets old? <laughs> you know, um, I, he's not here tonight. Brother Jerry, he, um, he's one of the new guys that have been coming. And he told me something about a month ago. We were at church, and I just loved what he said. He was almost teared up, and he put his... Uh, hand over his heart and he said you know what he said I just I never get tired of talking about Jesus you know and it was just the sincerity and just you know the love in his voice and I was like how how true is that you know it never gets old it never gets it never is outdated the word never gets older outdated amen so um, <clears throat> I want to start tonight by asking the question and this is going to sound like a very simple question which I would have answered yes to uh, when, when this question really hit me, I was like, of course, yeah, you know, no, no doubt about it. But as I got to looking and picking apart the question and really meditating on what my answer would mean, um, that's when I really, you know, the Lord really put it in my heart to go a little bit deeper into that. You know, there's some areas, you know, that we all can come up higher in when it comes to finances. Um, <clears throat> that question is this, do we really look to God as our source for everything. Really look to God as our source for everything. I'm going to ask you questions under that, under that uh, heading. And you know these you can just answer to yourself. Um, are we constantly thinking how we are going to pay for bills or expenses? Do we find ourselves stressed out when managing our personal or maybe even our business accounts? Are we trying to find ways to spend the absolute least amount of money bumming off of others, or purposely putting ourselves and our families in unnecessary situations because we are afraid to spend the money we currently possess. And when I say that, I mean from the mentality, as Pastor said before, canning all you get, or get all you can, can all you get, and sitting on a can. It reminded me of a uh, friend I had back when I was like seven or eight. 
and her mom uh, took us to, I think it was McDonald's, and we were just getting food to go, and we went over, like, to the condiments bar, and she, like, piled ketchup packets into her bag. No one's going to eat that much ketchup, and, I mean, she was just handfuls of, of ketchup and mustard, and I thought, okay, that's, your mom has a ketchup addiction or something. It was just, it was weird. So we got home, we went to my friend's house, and she emptied everything, and she took all this ketchup and put it in this huge cabinet full of ketchup packets that she had. And I said, can I ask you why you do that? Because, I mean, eight, I mean, I've, I've never seen my parents do that ever, so I'm like, you know. She said, well, yeah, baby, she said, I mean, I overpay McDonald's anyway. She said, so when I do this, I don't have to buy ketchup. And I was like, oh, you know, eight-year-old me was like, oh, okay, if you do that, I'm sorry, but I'm talking about you, I guess. <laughs> um, but, you know, that was, that was her mentality was, you know, I mean, just get all this stuff. And, I mean, and I don't, I don't personally know their financial situation, but I know enough about them to know that, you know, they weren't, you know, struggling that bad that they couldn't go buy a dollar bottle of ketchup from Walmart, you know. And so I got home, and I remember asking Mom, I said, um, I told her about what happened. And she's like, yeah, well, we don't, we don't really do that. And I said, well, why not? I said, there's something wrong, there's something wrong with it, right? She said, well, it's just kind of dishonest. I said, it's kind of like lying, isn't it? She said, well, I mean, you know, she, she didn't want to say too much because here I am, eight, and I'll go, you know, talk to my friend. And so she's like, well, it kind of is. Yeah, you know, you, didn't, you don't need that much, and you're costing them money and things like that. So I went back and told my friend, I said, um, your mama, she was dishonest. And that was wrong, what she did. And you could actually say that she's a liar by what she did. And she was like, you know, just couldn't believe it. And that was the family I also told their children that Santa was not real and many other things. They were glad when we moved. <laughs> they were glad to get rid of us. Um, so, you know, it was just the mentality, though, of, you know, um, getting all you can, canning all you get, and sitting on the can. And, you know, when you have that mentality... We're really not trusting God as our source. Amen. Um, <clears throat> yeah, so are we trying to find the ways? Do we find ourselves thinking about money, bills, jobs, customers gained, customers lost, anything in that category? Do we think about those things for the majority of our day? And I don't mean, you know, it's good to think about certain things in that aspect, but if we're thinking about things negatively. If you answered yes to any of these the chances are we're not trusting God totally as our one and only source for everything. Whether we presently are in difficult and dire financial situations or we presently may have absolutely plenty, there is always room to grow in our mindset and our ways of thinking towards God being our source. There's always room to grow in that. Amen? So if you lost everything you own tomorrow, and this sounds... It'll get better. <laughs> this, sounds, this sounds bad, but if you lost everything you own tomorrow, if your bank account were to just be completely wiped out, if you had absolutely nothing in the blink of an eye, what would you do? I mean, think about it. If everything you owned or everything that you'd worked your entire life for, if it was gone tomorrow and you had nothing to your name, you've got kids to feed, I mean, you know, you, you don't have a way to put gas in your car to go to work, well, your car's gone because everything would be gone, you know, what, what would you do? Um, <clears throat> there was a pastor by the name of Bob Nichols. He was from Calvary Cathedral Church in Fort Worth, Texas, and you may have heard this story. In April of 2000, a tornado hit the area, and it destroyed his church completely. 
It was an $18 million facility. And that's not including all the money they had in sound equipment, TVs, projectors. I mean, an $18 million facility is a big facility, and they owned a lot of stuff. So that was, you know, $18 million facility, <coughs> not including the building's contents. And in less than 60 seconds, it was completely wiped out. Like, there's the church. 60 seconds later, there's no church. It was gone. Everything. <clears throat> um, within an hour of the storm, CNN was standing in front of the wreckage interviewing Pastor Bob. He had his hard hat on and was saying, God did not do this. This is nothing but an attack of the devil. He said, God is going to work together. He's going to work this together for good, and we will end up with a facility twice as nice as the one that was destroyed. Well, sure enough, he did. His confidence was in God, and he saw God as his one and only source. And the Lord did restore everything that was taken from them, and then some. But, you know, I was thinking, what would I have done if that would have been me? And like, everything gone, you know? I mean, sure, he, you know, he's alive, and no one was, no one was killed, thank, thank God. But, you know, if his identity would have been wrapped up in his assets, in his church, and, you know, I mean, the devil could have played that card so easily, you know, like, well... God's not protecting your building, or this wouldn't have happened, or, you know, maybe you're not called to be a preacher, this wouldn't have happened, or, you know, I mean, it's all over, your ministry's gone, just go ahead and give up, you know, find something else to do. But, you know, immediately, he had said, you know, God is my source, because he understood that that $18 million facility, he didn't get it by his means. He didn't get it by, you know, anything he did. God had blessed him with, you know, blessed the church with the building and things like that. So he didn't hang on to it and, you know, clinch on to it, have a tight fist on it. And um, I just thought that was so awesome. <clears throat> so to have that kind of confidence in the Lord as our source for absolutely everything, it starts when we begin to see ourselves as stewards. Um, Psalms 24.1 says, God claims the world as his, and everything and everyone belongs to him. Uh, we are more familiar with the translation of the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. That was the, passions tra the passion translation that I read. <clears throat> God is the source of all life, all living things. Everything we can see today first started with Genesis 1-1. We can trace everything back to him as the source. So when it comes to finances, if we can trace everything back, if, if everything belongs to God, then when, we, when it comes to our finances, whose money is it? Is it ours or is it God's? It's God's money. We are simply stewards over what he owns. The, de the definition of a steward is one who manages another's property, finances, or other affairs. Jesus taught on stewardship in his parable about the shrewd manager in Luke 16.1. And um, he, he was using the example of, uh, in this parable, it was, a, it was an irresponsible Steward. It was an irresponsible manager. But he likened it to us being, you know, stewards over everything that God has. <clears throat> so, you know, to focus on the attitudes and the functions of a steward, the first step of seeing ourselves as a steward is seeing God as our source. Everything we have belongs to God. It's not by our own hands, but it's a gift from God. And we talked about, you know, this a little, a little bit that Sunday, you know, the thought might come, well, I worked for it. You know, I've spent my entire life, you know, 
sweating, you know, sweat, blood, and tears. I, I put into this. This is mine. I worked for it. You know, or maybe I've saved for this. You know, I've taken what I've earned and I have saved for this. You know, this is, this is mine to do with whatever. Well, James 1.17 says, every good and perfect gift comes from God. You know, we didn't will ourselves into existence, or at least I didn't. If you did, then please write a book and tell us how you did it. But we didn't will ourselves into existence, you know. I mean, God created everything. God created the earth. God created us. You know, without him, if, if God were to be pulled from the equation, everything would fall to pieces. So Acts 17, 28 says, For in him we live and move and have our being. <clears throat> He's the source of our wisdom, of our abilities, of our talents, of our health, and so on and so forth. So, you know, when you see that, you realize, you know, if it wasn't for God, I wouldn't even be able to be here. I wouldn't have even been born. You know, I wouldn't have the talents or the skills or the abilities to do what I do. So, you know, you see that it really all is his. It's all because of him. It may actually be us working, putting our hands to something. But still, God is the only source for our success. You know, you look at a farmer, and the farmer may... You know, plow the ground, put the seed in, do all the things that has to be done for there to be a harvest. But he could do all that all day long. But if there wouldn't have been God who made the earth, who made the seed, who made the dirt, who made the farmer, there would be no harvest. So still, in the end, when you look at everything, it's still God. So when we develop this mindset of being stewards and seeing God as our source, it takes the pressure off of us. It allows us to cease from stressing. It's God who takes care of us. It's God who feeds us. God clothes us. He provides for us. And he gives us more than enough to not only meet our needs, but to meet the needs of others. And, you know, when you say things like that, too, you know, not that we don't work or have a job or put our hand to something because we do. But as I said, you know, it's all because of him that we're even able to do that. And, you know, that's what it's all about, is having more than enough to be able to meet the needs of others. I like the banner, find a need and meet it, find a hurt and heal it, find a problem and solve it. Together we can change the world. And that's going to take finances. So this mindset of stewardship, it will affect many different things in our lives. One being how we give. Um, I use the example Sunday of standing up and reaching into the pocket of the person in front of you, you know, and give whatever you want to give out of their purse and out of their uh, pocketbook or, (laughs) um, I'm not held responsible for that, (laughs) out of her purse or out of her pocketbook or wallet, and give any way you want to give, and you think, oh, well, you know, okay, well, I might give more freely and generously, you know, when it's, when it's not my money, it's some, you know, someone else's. Well, you know, we have to see that in our lives that it's not our money, it's God's. So when we see that, we develop that mindset, and we establish ourselves in that truth, then we can be cheerful givers, because we're not hanging on to, you know, this is what I have, and this is what I've earned, and this is, you know, but if it's God's, and he's the one who's provided it, he's our source, he's our provider, you know, for one, God's not a subtractor, he's a multiplier. You know, for so long, I remember and this, you know, I, would, I remember writing out tithe checks or, you know, whatever, and, uh, or, you know, offerings. And I'd minus it out in, you know, the check register. 
and I'd put it in the envelope and, you know, yeah, you know, put it in the bucket, and then I'd forget all about it, just to be honest. I mean, I would. And the Holy Spirit spoke something to me one day, and he said, you act, you, you do that just like you do that with the power company or with your car payment. I was like, oh. You know, I didn't really think about it that way. You know, and it really wasn't a cheerful thing, you know, to be honest, because, but, but it was the way that I was looking at it because I was subtracting it. And I wasn't, you know, I wasn't really thinking of, I'm putting seed into the ground. And God said that he would multiply it. You know, it's like, would a farmer go out and just, you know, throw the seed out there and water it and just walk away? Well, I mean, not if he's smart. Or, you know, I guess if something was wrong with him, he would do that. But no, you know, he, he would be expecting a harvest because that's how it works. Well, that's how it works. That's what God said. <clears throat> so when we see that money isn't a result of our own sweat and tears, but as a gift from God, it allows us to give freely and generously. And not just when we're at church. You know, when we're out at Walmart or wherever we go, wherever y'all go. Um, I don't get out much. <laughs> I'm a mom, so tell me how life is out there. No, I'm just playing. Um, wherever we go, you know, I mean, the Lord moves on you and says, you know, hey, pay for that person's groceries. Or you think, well, I don't know how much that's going to be. Or the person behind you, their food. Like when you're in the drive through line. Well, you know, I don't know how much. That's the first thought that's coming to my mind. I don't know how much that's going to be. And, you know, I need to. So just say, you know, I want to put $5 towards it, if nothing else, you know? I mean, but just having that mentality of, this is God's, and, you know, I'm going to bless somebody else with it. This is not mine. You know, if he leads me to do something, I can do it freely. I can do it cheerfully, because he's the one that told me to do this. So, um, it is God who gives us the power to get wealth. If you will, Elliot, please put Deuteronomy 8.18 up there. Oh, there it is. Deuteronomy 8.18, but thou shalt remember the Lord your God, for it is he that gives you the power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant, which he swore unto your fathers as it is this day. If you go back and read this story, <clears throat> he was talking about, you know, before the uh, children of Israel took, they went to the Canaan land, to take Canaan land, and, um, or the land of Canaan, however we want to say that. Um, and he was saying, you know, before you go, you have to remember this. I'm the one that gave you the power to get wealth. It was me. Not because you did this and you did that and whatnot. Don't take your eyes off of me because I'm the one that gave you the power to get wealth. He established his covenant which he swore unto your fathers. He had made a covenant unto the fathers and he said, you know, because I made that covenant with them, I'm giving you the power to get wealth to establish my covenant. So, you know, when we see that, it's not our sweat and our, you know, everything we've done. And, you know, and it's, and it's right to, to work, to put your hand to something. We're supposed to. That's how, you know, God, that's how, you know, uh, God believes in working. That's how his economy works. But it's not working to, you know, this is all mine and this is, you know, this is mine and I've done this and I've done that. This goes back to the, the canning mentality. You know, actually, and I think it's Ephesians 4. I don't remember the verse for it, but it talks about, <clears throat> uh, Paul was saying that um, really our, our jobs, our jobs are supposed to be, what we earn from our jobs are supposed to be forgiving. God never intended it to pay, be paying our bills and things like that. It was intended to be able to give because it, it belongs to God and, you know, he meets our needs and we have this to give. So I can say for me that's a 
a mindset that I have not fully adopted yet. <laughs> you know, we, we all have room to grow, amen? <clears throat> so when we see this, we have this mindset, that in this stewardship mentality, then money will not be able to control us when we develop this mindset. Um, you know, as Pastor says, money makes a great tool, but it's a terrible master. And, you know, and it can be a great tool to um, spread the gospel, to advance the kingdom, you know, like the banner says, to do all those things, but not when it's mastering over us. Because when it's mastering over us, you know, and I, I know with me, you know, it's like I've thought about, well, why do I feel that way when it comes to, you know, I, I had something move on my heart to do something or to give something, and I'm thinking, oh, you know, I don't know if I need to do that, or I don't know if I want to do that. But he didn't ask me if I thought I needed to or if I thought I wanted to. And, you know, if, if the initial feeling of fear sets in or uneasiness, then uh, that would be in the category of money trying to master over you. You know, it's, our job's not our source, you know. Things like that are not our source. God's our source. And so when, you know, like I said, when we develop that mindset, it can't master over us like that. We'll, we're able to freely give and cheerfully give. Seeing ourselves as stewards will, will also affect our spending habits. <clears throat> when you steward or manage someone's money, you don't go blow it or spend it on stuff you would like. You do with it what you're instructed to do with it. Um, I was listening to Andrew Womack, and he said that, um, you know, he's on different TV channels, and he said that this one TV channel in particular, he has a man that um, he's hired to pay the bills to this TV channel. And uh, one day he noticed that their shows weren't on air anymore on that channel. So he went down to that department, and um, he asked him, he said, what's going on? How come, the, how come our program's not being broadcasted? He said, well, I, you know, we really don't need to be on that channel. I don't, you know, it, it's not, I don't see any profit from us being on that channel, so I didn't pay the bill. Well, it wasn't his money to decide whether or not he paid the bill. You know, he was working for Andrew Womack Ministries and doing with, you know, that money, he was supposed to be managing it and stewarding over the money and, you know, doing what, what he asked him to do, so I assume, actually, no, he doesn't work there anymore. <laughs> he said he was fired that day. Um, you know, so the same goes for us. God desires us to use his money for purposes that have eternal impact, to spread the gospel, to feed and clothe the homeless, to help those in need, and things along that line. Being a responsible steward over the finances and resources that God has entrusted <clears throat> to us empowers us to change people's lives and advance his kingdom. You know, that is so true. You know, um, not that God is against us having nice things, you know. He's against things having us. And, um, you know, you don't realize when you give, you know, not just, not just tithe and offering to your local church, but when you give to other people and you invest into their lives or to their needs, you know, you're sharing God's love with them. And you don't, you know, you, don't, you have no idea how much of an impact that has on them, you know. Because that's, today, that's not common at all. I mean, I'm not saying this to brag or anything, but we were at Dollar General a couple weeks ago, and a man in front of me was buying toilet paper for his <clears throat> kids, and, like, he didn't even have the money to buy toilet paper or a few other items. So I just very discreetly, there's people behind me, I just said, I just said, put it on my, I'll pay for it. And he looked at me like, 
like, I was holding him hostage. Like, he was scared. And he was like, are you serious? I was like, yeah. Yeah, I mean, yeah that's, that's fine. And he was like, you know, I've, I've never had anybody do that for me before. You know, and I was thinking, that's sad. You know, that's sad that when we pay for someone's meal or something like that, that, you know, you'll see all these posts about the to the person who paid for my meal in the drive-thru behind me, thank you, and it has like 80,000 comments, you know, and 700 shares because that's just so unheard of. You know, but it shouldn't be. I mean, that's not the normal. That's not average. You know, we're supposed to be able to do things like that. You know, and not even, you know, not, not even waiting till God says, you know, that person, give them or do this or whatever. You know, when it's your nature to give, you're looking for opportunities to give. You know, if you know someone has a need, you don't have to wait until, you know, you have <clears throat> an angel appear to you, you know, <laughs> or whatever. You, I mean, if that happens, great, but I'm just saying, you know, you can share the love of God with somebody and say, you know, hey, I want to I take care of this need for you, you know, and, and minister to them and say, you know, God loves you. He doesn't, you know, this is not his will for you to be in the situation that you're in and, and, you know, and to help them. And that ministers to people, you know, and that should be the average. That should be, that should be normal. But, you know, if you go today and you do that and you say, I'm a Christian and I want to, I want to help you. I want to give you, you know, give to you. I want to pay you for your groceries. I want to pay your light bill. I mean, they probably pass out because that, you know, like that's just shocking. You know, you're, you're a Christian and you, you want to do that, you know, but that should be, that should be the norm. That should, be, that should be an average Christian. That should be what we do, you know? And so, you know, for myself, like I said, we all have areas and room that we can grow in that. And, you know, I was even thinking about um, <clears throat> uh, missionary evangelist Ronald C. coming May 7th. You know, <clears throat> I was thinking, God, you know, I want to be able to, well, we, we, we talked about it the other night, we want to be able to do so much more than we've ever done before. You know, not necessarily God put it in our heart to give a certain amount, but just because, you know, that's how it should be. We're supposed to be blessed to be a blessing. You know, um, this is a little bit different side of finances, and we could go into, you know, what we have in Him, and, and you know, Jesus died on the cross, and prosperity is in our atonement, and, you know, He was made poor so that through Him we might be rich. So that's, you know, that belongs to us. And... Um, but then there's the other side of it, of stewarding over it and, you know, being a responsible steward over it. But, you know, when you see that that's who you're supposed to be, you know, when you're born again and you have God's love on the inside of you and you have his nature, you know, God gives. I mean, God's love and love gives. I mean, God so loved the world that he gave. Love so, okay, love so loved us that he did something about it. You know, giving is, give is a verb, you know, it does something, um, and so I was, we were just talking about it, and I said, you know, I want to be able to, to do more than I've ever done, you know, it's just in my heart to be able to, to advance the kingdom, and, and not just for, you know, into his ministry, but, you know, toward, toward other things, toward, you know, mustard seed, towards must act, or, you know, things like that, and also for our church, you know, um, like I said, it's not always about waiting for God to say, you know, do this, do that, but when, we're, when we develop this stewardship mentality <clears throat> and this mindset that God's our source, it's liberating. And it frees us up to say, you know, it's not my money. 
it's God's money. And, you know, I'm a responsible steward over what he's given me. And so when I give to somebody, I'm not seeing money subtracted. For one, God said, when I give, he multiplies it. He said that. That means that he multiplies it. You know, and so I don't have to give grudgingly. I don't have to give, you know, out of necessity or out of fear. You know, oh, hang on. Um, we don't have to give that way. You know, for one, it's not even our nature to give that way. You know, we have to renew our mind to, to our nature of giving now. But um, it reminded me of <clears throat> sometimes you'll see televangelists, you know, um, give a $5,000 seed for your $5,000 need. You know, I was thinking, why well, don't I just take that $5,000 and you know, but God, okay, but you know what I'm saying, it's like, you know, he'll open the windows of heaven if you'll give within the next seven minutes, you know, and all these things will happen, and, and I've never once ever heard them mention, you know, if you want to give because you love God so much, and you're thankful for what he's done for you, and you know, love is on the inside of you, and you know, giving is your expression of thankfulness to him and what he's done, then you know, Call within the next, it's always, you know, from a, like, life is falling apart, and, you know, we have to do this, and it's like, you're so afraid, like, you don't know what to do, you're like, okay, here, you know, I mean, it's sad, but that's how it is, you know, and that's not right, (laughs) you know, I mean, that's not, that's not God's way of giving, we should never give from a place of fear, or a place of, you know, oh my gosh, you know, I have this coming up, and if I don't, you know, I can't afford to have a broken leg or, or something to go wrong, you know. Um, but we should give because we love, you know, because that's, that's our nature. It's our nature to give. So uh, being a responsible steward over the finances and resources that God has entrusted us to empowers us to change people's lives and advance his kingdom. God desires for his people to be wealthy and have riches, but not for riches to have us. We are called to be blessings to others. But we can't do that if we don't have right mindsets about our money and our possessions. Not just in saying that, about not being able to do it if we don't have right mindsets about our money and our possessions. Because you could have money. You could be financially secure and have all these things. But if you don't have the mindset of a steward and you don't have that, you know, you haven't saw yourself as that, then, you know, you don't, it's like you're almost, you could be blind to it, you know, that you know, that this isn't mine, that, you know, everything I have belongs to God. And um, having that mindset, even if, you know, whether we, like I said, no matter what kind of financial situations you're in, it it frees you up to see that, you know, there's always room to grow and that everything I have is God's, absolutely everything. And I know I keep hitting that point, but it sounds so simple, but, you know, like that's what I said when I asked myself that question you know, do I really believe that? Everything I have is God's. You know, like I said, if we lost everything today and tomorrow you start over with nothing, what's your initial, you know, would there be, there'd be some thoughts, there'd be some emotions, you know, like, oh my gosh. But, you know, it's like we could fall apart, as I've heard you say, fall apart like a $2 suitcase or, <laughs> or say, you know, God's my source, he's my provider, you know, I, I need this, this will be provided for. So, um... God desires for his people to be wealthy and have riches. So I said, um, an example of that is Abraham in Genesis 12, 1. Will you put that up, please? 
uh, Genesis 12, 1 through 3. We had went over this a little bit Sunday morning, but I wanted to, to, to dig a little bit deeper into it. And I love this example of Abraham. You know, he, God was his source for everything. And even though he made mistakes and, you know, did things he wasn't supposed to do, you know, the blessing of God was still on his life. God blessed him because God's good, you know, not because, not because Abraham did everything right. <clears throat> okay, Genesis 12, 1. Now the Lord had said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you, and I'll make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless you, all curse them that curse you, and in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. You know, God told him, I'll make you, I'll, the, my blessing will be on you, I'll make you great. He didn't add any strings to it, you know, because Abraham, you're so wonderful, you know, I made everybody a little bit different than you, and, and you know, you're just so awesome, Abraham, and so you're going to be my favorite, and I'm going to do all these things for you. You know, at least it doesn't say that in my Bible. So, you know... He, he didn't say because of this and because of that. He didn't attach strings. You know, God's good because God's good. I mean, that sounds so simple, but it's so true. God's good because God's good, and I'm thankful for that. <clears throat> so when we read the story, if you read the entire story of Abraham, you'll see that God wasn't talking just about uh, blessing him spiritually, but also in physical and earthly things. Abraham's wealth was not a result of his efforts. It was only by God's blessing upon him. <clears throat> Likewise with us. The blessing and favor of God upon our lives is what empowers us to prosper. Not our good works, our job, you know, anything that we can say, you know, I have done all this, and, you know, you can point to everything. You know, no, it's our, our gifts and our talents, our abilities, it all comes from him. <clears throat> it not only empowers us to prosper, but to be good, responsible stewards over God's money. Um, Abraham's nephew Lot, we had talked about that too. Will you um, put up Genesis 13:8? He had benefited from the blessing of God on Abraham. If you read all through there, you'll see how many servants and herdsmen and just everything that they had. I mean, they had, they were so blessed. They were wealthy, very wealthy. And, um, you know, the blessing of God on, on Abraham spilled over into Lot's life. And it'll do the same for us. Amen. Um, Genesis thirteen eight and Abram said unto Lot, Let there be no strife, I pray you, between me and you, and between my herdmen and your herdmen, for we be brethren. <laughs> it is not the whole land before you. Separate yourself, I pray you, from me. <laughs> if you will take the left hand, then I will go to the right, or if you depart to the right hand, then I will go to the left. Next verse. And Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan, that it was well watered everywhere before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. Even as the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt, as thou comest unto, I don't know, I don't know if that's supposed to be Zoar. I, sound, I feel so weird when I, sound, uh, when I hear myself say that, like I feel like that's a Chilton County word, like go into the land of Zoar, Zoar you know, I don't know. <laughs> That just was, that's what makes me think about. But, you know, this story really reveals <clears throat> how much confidence Abraham had in God. You know, he really saw God as his source because, you know, 
he took him up basically and, and said, you know, wherever you need to go, but, you know, I'll let you have first pick. Where do you want to go? And it was basically like the best place you could have, you know, cattle and, you know, herds and all different things. And then it was that in the desert. And, I mean, of course, Lot's going to pick the desert. I mean, you know, who wouldn't? That's the best place to, to have your livestock. But, you know, Abraham knew that he was going to pick that place. And he was okay because he was saying, you know, even in the desert, God's my source. Everything I have belongs to God. These cows, these things that I have, they're God's. So if they have a need, I'm not responsible for it. God, your cows need water. You know, you see I'm saying, you're just breaking it down, but he saw God as his source. Um, You know, even in the desert, God multiplies. Amen? Even in the desert, there's God... Drought is not in God's vocabulary. So, well, it was a little bit in the Old Testament when people acted up, but <laughs> anyways, seeing ourselves as stewards over what God has entrusted us to is the most basic step in our Christian life. Um, <laughs> I had a friend one time, she had started uh, going to church, and, um, you know, she's so excited about everything, and, you know, she was a Christian, she'd just not been to church in a long time, and she's like, you know, I'm learning all this stuff, and I'm, you know, I'm just, um," she's like, I'm just trying to live holy, and and all these things, and I just really love this church, and, you know, I'm just so excited, and I just want to be able to help the church. I said, well, are you, are you tithing and giving, and I mean, she looked at me like, why'd you ask me that? But, you know, (laughs) she, she didn't want to talk about that. But, you know, I was just thought, well, that's awesome. Are you, are you, are you tithing? Are you giving? And um, she's like, well, I mean, I'm not at that level yet. Like, you know. And when I first heard this, that trust in God is our source, giving is the most basic step, that doesn't look like, if we had to look at, you know, the church today, that doesn't look like that would be true. You know, and she said, well, I'm not, I'm not up there yet. You know, I'm, I'm getting there, but I have some things to work out until I can... What she was saying was until I feel like I can bring my faith up enough to trust God, you know, with my giving. You know, as Pastor says, we trust him that, that you know, we're going to heaven or somewhere. When we die, you know, we've never seen that, but we don't trust him with our finances. You know, it's like, it's just like saying, I, you know, I can't jump from here to the front row, and I can't, but I can drop from here to Miss Donna in the back row, you know, that, you know, that's kind of, it don't make sense, it's silly to say that, you know, I can't run one mile, but I can run a marathon, and, you know, Jesus had said the exact opposite about, you know, finances being way up here, actually, he said that finances and trust in God, that's the most basic thing you'll use your faith for, um, can you put up Luke sixteen ten for me, please? Okay. Uh, Luke sixteen ten. He that is faithful in that which is least is faithful also in much. And he that is unjust in the least is unjust also in much. Um, this verse, not that, it's in, not that it's wrong, but, you know, we, a lot of times we'll hear this verse in, um, you know, people talking about responsibility and authority and things like that. And that's true. Those principles do apply. But, um, you know, Actually, Jesus here, he was talking about money. If you'll go to the next verse. If therefore you have not been faithful in the unrighteous mammon, who will commit to your trust the true riches? Next verse, please. 
And if you have not been faithful in that which is another man's, who shall give you that which is your own? One more. No servant can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. Um, you know, mammon, he's talking about money. And it's so important for us to talk about money because Jesus said trusting God with our finances is the least use of our faith. You know, and when I heard that, I was thinking, oh, don't feel like it. <laughs> but it's true, you know. It is true. And that's what I'm saying is, you know, the, the church today, it's like we're not, we, ha- we don't model that. I mean, we really don't. If you look at the church today, the two biggest things are health and finances. You know, we have so many sick Christians and, I'm, and, and also struggling financially. You know, and it's sad because, um, well, that's just not what Jesus died for. You know, I mean, if you gave everything, I mean, you gave your entire life and you were beaten and, and whew, I can't even, I can't even talk about it. I, whew, I'll start crying. But I mean, and, you know, I think, God, how would, I, how would that make me feel if, you know, I was in that place and I did all that for that person and I see them, and they're struggling, and they're, you know, they're sick, and they have nothing, and, you know, they're struggling financially, and they're, you know, things like that, and it's like, I did everything for you, you know, you don't, you don't have to do this, I did everything for you, you know, and I just, when I heard that verse, I was thinking, wow, like, you know, I believe that we are in the end times, and I believe that the church is coming to the revelation of, you know, this is what Jesus died for. This prosperity is a part of our atonement, you know, um, and as well as health. That book we have, Forget Not All His, His Benefits, um, it talks a lot about healing, but it also talks about prosperity because that's in our atonement. Um, <clears throat> so he said that we start with that which is least and we work our way up. You know, <laughs> when I read that verse and I thought, wow, you know, I haven't seen things... I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have, if I would have heard that, I thought, well, let me go, I need to go see that scripture for myself. You know, if we're not seeing greater things come to pass in our life, could it be because we're not really trusting God as our complete source, which Jesus said is step one? You know, that's true. Um, it really is step one, <laughs> you know? And, it, and we can't sidestep finances and just jump to using our faith for the greater things. You know, um, I like what Andrew Womack said about, you know, he uh, was ministering to a lady in, in, I don't know if it was church he had in his earlier days, and she was talking about how they were in this horrible situation, and not only was she sick and different things, but um, they were just losing everything that they had. And he was like, well, are you trusting God? She's like, oh, yes. She's like, we have faith in God. He is our source, and we believe in miracles, and we are going to have a financial miracle. And he said, well, are you, are, you know, are you tithing? Are you giving? And she's like, well, no. But he's like, well, wait a second. <laughs> you just said that God was your source, and, you know, oh, he, you know we're, we're, but he said, but you're not, you're not tithing and you're not giving. He said, you know, do you, do you believe that, really? You know, and you, she, he said, why don't you, why can't you tithe or why can't you give? She said, well, when I have a little bit more, then I'll start tithing. Then I'll start giving. You know, right now, like, everything I have is being put to something. You know, I, I have bills that have to be paid. I'm trying to feed kids. And 
you know, I've got something I could do with this, which, you know, who is that not true for? You know, it's like, if tithing weren't a thing, I would have no idea what to do with this money. You know, that's, <laughs> that's not necessarily true. But, you know, he was explaining to her, but Jesus said, this is the least of things. You know, and she never saw that before. You know, she didn't know that. And, you know, the devil always plays us in the area of what we don't know, you know. And uh, so she started believing God, tithing, believing God, uh, giving, and her faith increased in that, you know, because she realized, I can trust God as my source for everything. This is not mine. And not only did her whole financial situation turn around, she was also healed. And a lot of people say, well, you know, that means that, you know, it sounds like she bought healing. No, that's not at all what it's talking about. It's saying faith for finances is less. It, it, it requires less effort, if you want to say effort, than faith for healing. God, Jesus said the, the least of things to use your faith for is finances. And, he, and she couldn't even do that. You know, here she is, yeah, God's my source and all that. And, you know, I think I've been there many times. You know, God's my source and, you know, flat tire. Oh, my God, what are we going to do? You know, <laughs> it's like, well, two days ago, you know, you were all about, you know, Jesus and him being your source. And then, you know, you have a flat tire and the sky is falling, you know. <laughs> what are we going to do? But, you know, I just thought, wow, you know, I just, that was just so much for me to, to take in that, this is the least of things, and the majority of the church today is missing it, and this is the least of things, you know? That, we, you know, we have to, we have to really focus our thoughts on that and our mindsets and see that we are stewards. Everything we have belongs to Him. Um, it's okay, we'll go a little bit further. It's silly for me to say that I'm trusting God with my eternal future, but I'm not trusting him with my needs, not trusting him with provision for my family or my finances or my resources. Um, uh, Pastor says sometimes, you know, about um, Lord and talk about Lord and Savior. Well, he's my Savior. Well, is he your Lord? Of course, you know, but well, only in the areas that I choose. You know, he's my Lord when it comes to my health and, you know, in my marriage and, you know, and me believing that my spouse will be saved and I'm just playing. <laughs> and, uh, <clears throat> but really, I'll pray. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's, it's that whole not getting out much, you know. It's, it's kind of <laughs> I know, I better stop now. Stop it. So, um, what was I saying? Oh, but, you know, deciding what category he gets to be Lord over, you know. And it's silly to say, it really is silly to say, you know, I'm, I'm trusting God with this and this and this. But, well, but, you know, I need to be in control over that because, you know, money is something that we can actually see, you know. And it, when you think about it, it's, it's used for everything. Where, how, do you, how do you get food? You, you buy it with money. How do you get gas? You buy it with money. You know, I'm just saying that's the currency that's used for, you know, everything that we have to do. And so um, I think that may be one reason that it's so, that, that mindset that the devil tries to play, you know, to try to play with us in, that, in the mindset of money is because, you know, like I said earlier, we see it giving as subtracting, you know, and it's just that, oh, you know, you can see it leaving, 
you know, but that's not where it ends. Um, because God said you give and he multiplies. Amen? Um, prosperity is part of our salvation. Jesus became poor so that through his poverty we would be made rich. Um, <clears throat> we can't just choose the portions of the word that we're going to believe. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I thought it would get quiet right there. <laughs> you are doing so good. Preach it. <clears throat> That's right. Well, yeah, we can't just use the portions of the word that we are going to believe. I'm talking to myself, to be honest. Uh. But you know that's so true. And um, seeing God as our absolute source, seeing ourselves as stewards over everything that belongs to him is the least use of our faith. I firmly believe the body of Christ will be awakening to this truth in the end days to come. This isn't for mature Christians, you know, for super saints. You know, when we can build our faith and, you know, we are... We, yeah, we can trust God now with our salvation, but, and we will soon be able to trust him with, you know, the tenth of, or, you know, not just tenth, but whatever, you know, our, our finances, our income. But, you know, it's step one. <clears throat> the devil would love for us to believe the lie that trusting God to meet our needs is hard, because it's not. You know, I think it's, if you look at things, I think it's so cool that not only does God give us the measure of faith, and we have his faith. And he supplied seed to the sower. You know, it's just like, he gives you, he sets you up for success. If you think about it, he said, have faith in God, not have, yeah, like what Curry Blake says, have faith in God, not have faith in your faith to try to have faith in God. You know, just have faith in God. But if you look at everything God set you up, he set us up for absolute success. He gives everything we would need, you know, it would be, it would almost be cruel to say, you know, I have all this available for you. Now try to come up with the faith to attain it, you know. But he didn't, he didn't do that, you know. I think that's awesome. Um, I have a lot more pages of notes, but <laughs> we'll uh, we'll wrap it up here. Will you, will you turn to Second Corinthians eight nine? For you are becoming progressively acquainted with and recognize more strongly and clearly the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, his kindness, his gracious generosity, his undeserved favor and spiritual blessing, in that, though he was so very rich, yet for our sakes he became so very poor. Jesus was very rich. Um, this made me think about that. I, I saw something the other day, and... They're talking about how poor Jesus was. You know, he was so humble and he was so poor. I was like, yeah, in spirit, you know, you need to, <laughs> you need to add those words, you know, and just, and they really, they really believe that Jesus was, he was just poor. And, you know, like, we get this picture of Jesus, like, barely making it, you know, and he had just enough strength to lay hands, you know, on the, on the sick and see them recover because, you know, even Jesus was barely, just barely paying for his groceries, you know. But that's not the case at all. Jesus was very wealthy. So anyway, in that though he was very rich, yet for your sakes he became so very poor, in order that by his poverty you might become enriched, abundantly supplied. Next, please. It is then my counsel, my counsel and my opinion in this matter that I give you when I say it is profitable and fitting for you now to complete the enterprise which more than a year ago you not only began but were the first to wish to do anything about contributions for the relief of the saints at Jerusalem. Next. 
So now finish doing it that your enthusiastic readiness in desiring it may be equaled by your completion of it according to your ability and means. Next. For if the eager readiness to give is there, then it is acceptable and welcomed in proportion to what a person has, not according to what he does not have. Um, you know, I just, <laughs> I love the fact that it, Jesus became poor, you know, because he could have just paid for, just paid for eternal security. He could have just paid for salvation, um, you know, in salvation, meaning just that we have the ability to be with him in heaven one day. But he didn't stop there. You know, God gave his best gift, and he just kept on giving, you know, like, you know, here, here you go, here you can live with me in heaven, but, well, I don't want you to be sick either, so here's this. Oh, and you need to be rich too, and here's this, you know, and I just see, because he's love, and he just gives, and he gives, you know, and he just didn't stop at that, and I just think that's absolutely, absolutely awesome. Amen. Um, let me go over here to Second Corinthians, and I really am wrapping it up. It's hereditary. <laughs> oh gosh, <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> Enjoy this. This might be my last time here. Second <laughs> um, Corinthians nine eight. We put that up in the amplified. No, um, actually, Second Corinthians nine. Six. Remember this, he who sows sparingly and grudgingly will also reap sparingly and grudgingly. And he who sows generously that blessings may come to someone will also reap generously and with blessings. Next, please. Let each one give as he has made up in his own mind and purposed in his own heart. Not reluctantly, not reluctantly or sorrowfully or under compulsion. <clears throat> For God loves, he takes pleasure in, he prizes above other things, and is unwilling to abandon or to do without a cheerful, joyous, prompt-to-do-it giver whose heart is in his giving. You know, we develop that stewardship mentality. That's what our giving looks like. We're cheerful, we're joyous, we're prompt to do it. You know, we don't wait on, we don't have to, like I said, we don't have to have angels appear to us and, you know, visions and the sky turn purple. You know, we're prompt to do it. A giver whose heart is in his giving. You know, <clears throat> Proverbs 23, 7 says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. And I think it's so important that we take time to develop the mindset of, you know, I'm a steward. Everything I have belongs to God. He is my source. You know, we have to see ourselves as stewards and really um, meditate in that and focus on that. Um, I'm going to read real quick a steward mentality. <clears throat> a steward mentality says, I'm a steward of what God has entrusted to me. God has blessed me with these talents and abilities. God has blessed me with my job. God has put me in a prosperous nation at the most prosperous time in all of history. God has blessed me, and God has given me all of the resources I have. It is not up to me to run my finances, my finances however I want to. I'm a steward. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, when we've heard this talk before, you know, people, or, you know, it's easy to think that they're saying things that they really didn't say. 
you know, seeing God as our source and it taking the pressure off us and saying, you know, that is God who gives us the power to get wealth. That doesn't mean that we do nothing. You know, we're supposed to work. We're supposed to put our hand to something. You know, things like that. But our identity is not supposed to be in that. You know, our, our source is not supposed to be in that. You know, if your company closed or you lost your job or whatever that happened tomorrow, you know, <laughs> God's our source. You know, he, he is. And, um, and anyway, I just, it's just so awesome how, how God works. You know, just that, that he supplies everything that we need. And, and he's so awesome. <laughs>